Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to Permission to Think. I'm Edwin Rustrian, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Thank you to all of you who week after week tune in to Permission to Think. My desire is to push our thinking, encourage you, and remind you that there's always hope, regardless how bad things get. I hope this podcast has blessed you and added value to your life. For more information, please visit erustrian.com. Our topic for today is motivation is not enough. We're going to talk about why motivation is not enough to make it, to succeed, or to thrive in life. Motivation only serves as a tool, not a value, a principle, a virtue by which you and I can build a house, build a business, build a company, build a life. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we don't need a good motivational message from time to time. But what happens after the good feeling is gone? What happens when we are faced with reality? What do you do when you have to face challenges of everyday life, work, family, career, and relationships, and business, and even ministries or people we deal with today? When you're going through the grind of the day, there are times when motivation It's fleeting. It's just not enough to get us through. What do you do when you're beyond the inspiration of motivational jargon? What are you left with? What do you do? In my experience, I see motivation only as the frosting or icing on the cake. If you only eat the frosting or the icing and not the cake, you would immediately taste the sweetness and the rush of the sugar, but surely afterwards you will feel like trash. You will feel so sluggish. You will feel completely tired and exhausted. Motivation in some way is the same way. I find sometimes when you don't have the motivation to get up early in the morning at four o'clock or five o'clock in the morning, you don't have the motivation to, the feeling to go and see your kids or do something meaningful in your life. You constantly seem to be in the need of someone motivating you to take responsibility for your life. Motivation, as I see it sometimes, is like fancy the fancy clothes we put on. And that's what we usually have the tendency to look at. We look at people's outward appearances. People judge you based on your outer wear what you look like outside, what you project. However, what we should be focusing on is if the person has any substance, character, tenacity, grit, integrity, compassion, vision, commitment, and for goodness sake, to see if the person has any discipline in their life and virtues worth aspiring. Because when that becomes our focus, when we look at people for the character and the content of the character, then you and I will trade motivation for true aspirations. The problem that we have in our world and our society is that no one is, it's inspiring people to really look at a person's life and say, man, that, I aspire to be that per, for that, with, like that person because why? Not because of the materialism, but because of the content of the character, the integrity, their discipline. And that's, something worth desiring. That's more than enough. Qu- 
quite often when when we talk about the greatest of all time, the goats, and anything that has to do with either sports or business or literature or art or music, we, we look at a finished product and we look to those things for motivation and inspiration. But how many of us are truly willing to pay the price for that? How many of us are really willing to sacrifice the going out, the, the hanging out, the trivial things of life, of the binge watching of television? How many of us are willing to give up not eating all the saturated fat and food that we come across for the sake of trying to have a healthy body and a healthy mind? to accomplish something meaningful and great, something that's greater than ourselves. I feel we sometimes overindulge in our self, in our opinions, in our feelings, in our emotions. And so the people who became great, they understood the price they had to pay, the sacrifices they had to make, the disciplined life they had to live. And quite often I believe that we have a world that constantly needs motivation because they don't have any discipline. So according to the market research, according to marketresearch.com and market data, it says to follow it that motivational speakers, the motivational speakers market in the USA generated an estimated $1.9 billion in revenue in 2019. And by 2025, it's projected to reach $2.3 billion. That's a lot of money to motivate people. That means that we have a lot of unmotivated people in our world. But motivation is not the problem. The problem is discipline. We want big results, but we won't put in the work. We make excuses for not doing what's necessary. But then we want nice, shiny things. Toys, the houses, the cars, the fame, the accolades. We want to feel happy. We want to feel euphoria all the time, but we're not content. We want a fast-track approach to success without the difficulty, commitment, or discipline. Let me ask you a question. Do you think motivation is enough to succeed? Why do you think people need to be constantly motivated? I find, personally, me and my experiences and everything that I've lived through and all the things that I read and everything that I had uh, tried in my life. I do find motivation to be fleeting. The great communicator and orator Jim Rome said, motivation is not enough. If you have an idiot and you motivate him, now you have a motivated idiot. What an incredible truth. It sounds cruel, but the reality is the reality. And I must say with love and respect that we have too many of those running around today. We have a tendency to value expediency over patience. We value and desire the easy life over commitment. Without really giving thought to what is our purpose and definitive meaning for existing and living. When we live just to make it through the day. That means we don't have a clear objective or reason for living. We have not given thought to our life and what we're doing to achieve all that we can. There is a Greek word, eudaimonia, which means a life well lived. 
a life of eudaimonia is a life of striving. It's a life of pushing yourself to the limits and finding success. A life well lived is a life of fulfillment and happiness that comes from achieving something extremely difficult rather than just being handed to you. You are always growing, improving, learning, developing, expanding your ability, your mind, and your life. Eudaimonia is not an easy life, but it's a life well lived because it's grounded on the meaningful and the intentional life that comes across fear, setbacks, failures, pain, and struggle. It's a life committed to the highest level of excellence, living, exhausting yourself for a purpose and the meaning for why you and I live. Most of us don't know why we live. Most of us don't even know why we get up in the morning. We go to a job that many times we, we hate, we dislike. The people we work with, we criticize, we judge them. We talk behind their back. We come back and we project that on our families, on our children. They hear us talk about our jobs, our employment. It's, I hate this job. I hate this. I hate that. And then we wonder why our kids don't even look forward to anything positive about their careers or anything they're going to do. When you have a why for your life, then everything else drives itself to that why. Let me give you another word. Hedonia. In short, it's pleasure, enjoyment, and satisfaction, and the absence of distress. Hedonia is what feels good right now, a desire, ease, all without distress. It feels good to keep sleeping till 12 p.m. It feels good to binge 12 hours of my favorite show, my guilty pleasure. It feels good to wallow in self-pity and self-loathing. So many of us are dead. There's a saying that goes that men died at age 26. They just bury them by age 70 or 80. They wait all those years to finally bury the dead men that died at 26. They stop dreaming. They stop striving. They stop living for something that is meaningful. Go through the motions of each and every day life. Looking for the things that will come easy in life. We've all been there. I definitely have. I'm not going to sit here like a hypocrite and pretend that I have not lived through those moments and that I struggle in my mind to sometimes give in to what's easy and what's convenient and what's expedient and not take full responsibility for my life and the accountability of my family and to live a life like there is a God with honor and respect, hold myself accountable for my shortcomings Always have to look at myself in the mirror and say, what am I going to conquer by myself today? It's a reality that we all face. But what model am I giving my children? What model am I giving my wife, my, my, my daughters? Let me share a little story that happened this week, particularly with my oldest daughter. Coming across a certain um, experiences. And um, one of the conversations I was having with her um, we talked about the fact of being disappointed again. In, in our conversation, I shared with her, look, I want to I, I go down to the grave being known as never giving up. And even when disappointment comes, I'll get up again and I'll try it again. And when it doesn't work, I'm going to keep doing it again. And I'm going to find new ways. 
and I'm going to go back and figure out what is it that I'm doing wrong, but I'm not going to give up. Just because you feel disappointed once or twice or three times or four times or ten times doesn't mean that you give up on the very essence of why you're living. We must embrace the setbacks and the failures that we have in life. I am completely transparent with my kids and I tell them I'm human. I worry, I get concerned, I go through stress and discouragement as you heard in the last previous podcast, but I'm not persuaded to give up. I have my moments where it's difficult emotionally, but I go back to what's been consistent in my life. The discipline, the commitment that I made to first to God, to my family, that each and every moment has a purpose and a meaning and a why. Our true calling in life requires more than motivation. It requires intent. It requires action. So let me share five things we need to truly live a well-lived life. One, identify why you are here on earth. Two, decisiveness. Three, commitment. Four, learn to control your emotions and feelings. Five, discipline. Let me just go over them really quickly. Number one, identify why you are here on earth. It's not a trivial question. It's not an inconsequential question question think about it take a moment why are you alive why are you breathing why do you get up every day why do you have a heartbeat what gives your life meaning are you just taking up space are you just sucking in air why are we here every morning you go to work or whatever it is whatever errands that we go through the through the mundane and through the trivial things but why why were you here? Why were you placed for this time in this season and this generation to live? Why weren't you born in, in, in the 1600s? You were born in this, in this time and in this season. For what? To complain, to whine, to bicker, to feel like a victim, to feel sorry for yourself? Or to give yourself to the world? For meaning, for purpose, for doing something positive, for doing something great, for inspiring someone else, for going beyond your fears, your comfort zone, for waking up in the morning and to say, who am I going to bless today? Who am I going to inspire today? But if we wallow in the misery of our doubt and our fears and our inconveniences, what what purpose does that give our life? Puts to constantly be in depression, anxiety, and sadness. Why were you placed here? Were you placed here to have a true relationship with God, with your maker? Were you placed here to be a voice to the voiceless, a father to the fatherless? Were you here to be the great dad that your children needed, to be the incredible husband that your wife desires you to be? To solve problems? To find solutions to some of, the, some of life's greatest challenges? Why were you placed here on earth? Why are you breathing? What gives your life meaning? Number two, decisiveness. Make a choice in the direction you want your life to go. Sit down, make a plan, map it out. Think of all the possible things that can go right and all the things that can go wrong. And somewhere in the middle, that's where you're going to be. But make a decision. Don't live your life vicariously through others wishing, oh, I wish I did this, I wish I did that. 
Always wishing, always wish that you had the courage enough, always wishing you had the knowledge enough. I promise you that for the most people that I've spoken to that are successful, have done something with their lives, they started not knowing what in the world they were doing. But they made a decision. They made a decision that they understood they were going to fail and they were going to get up and keep trying. Why? Because they had meaning and purpose in their life and they knew where they were living. The unfortunate part is that people never make a decision because out of fear, out of doubt, and what they don't know. Napoleon Hill, the great Napoleon Hill, just Google him and if you don't know who he is, he's responsible for the success of many great men and women who have read a lot of his books. But he said, the way to develop decisiveness is to start right where you are with the very next question you faced. Okay? The way to develop decisiveness is to start right where you are with the very next question you face. Decisiveness is a million dollar worth of determination. Decisiveness is a million dollar worth of determination. Make a decision. And if you don't make a decision, know that you already made a decision. Be firm. You ever seen a squirrel in the middle of the road? When it doesn't know which direction to go, whether to go right or go left, it's going back and forth, back and forth, and boom, soon enough, the car just comes over, rolls over the squirrel, it's flat on the road, right? That's many of us, <laughs> and, that's, and that's actually me. I'm laughing because in many ways, this is, this is where I'm at, right? It's like, make a decision. Which direction are you going to go? You're not going to be like that squirrel. It's going to be flat on the ground. Truck comes over and just runs you over, right? Yeah, decisions are tough. Be assertive, have determination, be decisive that you're going to do something with your life, that it doesn't end where you are right now. And if you've, if you've made a blunder, so what? Get up. Make a decision to not ever stay down. Make a decision to get over all the shortcomings and insecurities that you may have. Number three, commitment. Make a stern commitment to your life. Make a stern commitment to God. Make a stern commitment to your family, to your workplace. Make a strong commitment to your children. Make a strong commitment to the relationships, healthy relationships. Work hard, execute, thrive, excel, improve, grow, learn, listen. Commit yourself to living a life that at the end, when you breathe your last life, you say, man, I, I gave it all. I left it all in this life. I'm taking nothing with me. I gave everyone the best of me. I gave my job the best of me, my family. I gave my church. I gave my people everything that came across, the institution that I work with, my business, or whatever it is. I made a commitment to them, and I honored them. I loved. I cared for. I lived for. I made a commitment to excellence. I made a commitment to myself to never find excuses. Number four, learn to control your emotions and feelings. We have a tendency of putting too much stock and value on our emotions, kind of like our opinions. I think we find today everybody just throwing opinions and see which one is going to stick. And the whole thing about opinions is like for many this, they spew them like if it's true, like if it's truth, right? 
We have a tendency of putting too much stock and value on our emotions. Emotions, my dear friend, are fleeting. Instead, let us practice equanimity, which is mental calmness, composure, and evenness of temper, especially in a difficult situation. You know what happens? And I speak from experience. Everything that I tell you is from my own personal experience, things that have happened. But I notice that when I'm confused about something, when I'm faced with a very difficult situation that I don't know what to do, my mind gets cluttered. Chaos begins to happen in my mind. Uncertainty. It feels like I experience this mental fog of just like feeling completely lost without any sense of awareness. And that's because I'm not practicing equanimity. That's because I've allowed my emotions to dictate all of those things. And like I mentioned before in the previous podcast of um, discouragement, the silent killer, it's a matter of thought of what comes to your mind. And when those thoughts come in, they generate an emotion and a feeling. And that's the feeling that we put too much value in and consider it to be truth. And And it isn't. It really isn't. Right? When you're in a difficult moment, Pause, breathe, breathe and rest for a moment. Clear your mind, unclutter your mind. If you have to park on the side of the road and pull over, do so. But don't torment yourself with things that are perhaps out of your control. And that's the determination that we must make. Because what happens is that when we give ourselves too much to the worry, as we discussed, that worry means to strangle. When we give too much to the thought of our feeling insecure or our inabilities or um, we're not good enough or that we're going to fail or this other types of negative feelings, it's that quite often that's not necessarily true. And it passes. And you spend all that time worrying and consuming your mind with fears of things that were never necessarily true. So learn to control your emotions and feelings. Acknowledge them as part of being human, but don't look at them as gospel. Number five, discipline. The great Stephen Covey said, the undisciplined are slaves to moods, appetites, and passions. Isn't that true? Eliminate distractions. Stop making excuses and feeling sorry for yourself. You and I know very well the very reason or reasons why we are where we are. We must face the worst version of ourselves. Be disciplined and exercise patience, perseverance, persistence, passion, endurance, and grit. just want to share this quick thought that the Chinese bamboo tree... It takes about five years to grow. But in those five years, people add fertilizer, water. They water it without any signs of germinating. And then in the fifth year, in a matter of five weeks, the bamboo tree grows 90 feet. It took five years for the bamboo tree to grow. Your dreams and life aspirations will not come overnight. Expediency is not the answer, nor is motivation. Keep working, stay focused, 
Keep developing. Keep honing your skill. Sharpen that axe. It is necessary for us to really understand that when we focus too much on quick fixes, we spend a lot more time fixing them afterwards. Let me ask you another question. Can you name one thing that's holding you back from accomplishing all that you want to accomplish? Can you name one thing that's holding you back? I can. Myself. It's always the way I think, the way I feel, and I want that has led me down the road of laziness, self-deprecation, self-doubt, and self-destruction. It's the man in the mirror I fight with to get him to understand why we live and for who we live. It's the man in the mirror I fight with to make him see that the God of the universe in whose image I am created has designed me to rule and have dominion over things. Yet, I have learned to believe in lies and drank from the fountain of motivation only to be left thirsty soon after. I learned that I can be my worst enemy. My beautiful people, motivation is not enough to get you through the most difficult moments in life. Motivation is not enough to get you when a, get you through when your child is sick, when your spouse has been diagnosed with a terminal illness, when you lose a job, when you lose everything, when you made a bad choice. The things that get us through those moments is commitment, is discipline, it's a strong foundation by which you have laid and worked hard to. It's the virtues, it's the values, it's the guardrails of life that you have determined to live by. It's in those moments of difficulty that we find out what we're really made of. It's in those moments when all hope is gone or it seems to that will reveal what we're really made of. There are moments that motivation will not get you to do anything because your mind has not been trained to endure the unexpected circumstances that come upon us. Jose Eduardo Dos Santos said, there is no magic wand that can resolve our problems. The solution rests with our work and discipline. This magic wand for many is motivation. And I'm a, I have a little trepidation perhaps sharing this, but I think that many of our churches and many of our preachers and many of the people who are now use the pulpit or the altar to just motivate people and feel like if I give you a good motivational sermon that's going to be enough and appease your conscience. But what are they where are people really grounding their lives on? On themselves, on the ability to think that just a simple motivational message is going to be good enough to get you through the really difficult moments of life? It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to unpack. But I really think that in life, in order for us 
to move forward, particularly where we are today in a society, particularly where we are in, in, in life right now, in this season, think of all the things that are going on. You know for sure that we need more than just motivation. Identify why you are here on earth. What is your God-given purpose for being here? Be decisive into living a life with intent. Make a decision. Make a commitment. Learn to control your emotions and feelings and live a well-disciplined life. There's a saying in the top of my head, I can't remember who the, the, the quote I can attribute it to, but um, I heard my friend Robin Sharma say one time in his book that he who sweats more in practice bleeds less in war. And I think that's so true. What we left at the end of the day is a well-disciplined life or an undisciplined life. You know, if you want to study the life of the great men and women, if give you one for example, everybody talks about Kobe Bryant, the great basketball player who passed away, unfortunately. But everybody talks about his discipline, his work ethic. People admire and just will go and try to work with him because he have found something that made him great. And when they ask him, what is it? Why do you still practice those very basic drills? Why do you still practice what seems to be easy and trivial? And he goes, because that's what makes us great. It's still setting that foundation that at the end of the day, an undisciplined life will show in the workplace. An undisciplined life will show in your spiritual walk. An undisciplined life will show in your vocabulary and how you speak in relation to others. An undisciplined life will show in your relationship, in your marriage. An undisciplined life will find you in poverty. There's a proverb that says, a little sleep, a little slumber, and poverty will find you. There's no substitute in life. If you had to choose between motivation and discipline, if I had to choose between the two, I would definitely choose discipline. It's one of the things that I've been able to see the difference. And I will continue to do my very best to look at the man in the mirror and say, you're not winning today. I won't give in to the desires of the easy life. I will continue to prevail. I will continue to work hard and recommit myself each and every day to my why. Why am I living today? I leave you with our quote of the day. And it comes from Jim Rohn. We must all suffer one of two things. The pain of discipline or the pain of regret and disappointment. Remember, never compromise integrity for comfort. Stay strong. Bye-bye.